week or so before my 10th birthday, I walked to the corner store with a $5 bill and picked up a jar of ragu for my mom. On my way home, a man I'd never seen before fell in step with me and began talking. Hi, he said cheerfully. My name is Dr. Ramsey. I'm a pediatrician. Do you know what a pediatrician is? I walked along silently, not replying and hoping he would just take that as a sign he should just leave me alone. Subtleties were not his strong suit because he kept right on chattering. Are your parents looking for a pediatrician for you? Of course. You're almost a big girl now. You'll be needing another kind of doctor soon, won't you? That's okay, though. They can still bring you to me until then. What's your name? You have beautiful hair. I was just on my way to get some suckers for the candy jar in my office. Do you like suckers? Thankfully, we were nearing my house, so I ran forward, up the back steps, and through the kitchen door. I didn't know it then, but that was the beginning of a very long, scary ordeal. It didn't take long after that for Dr. Ramsey to begin showing up. At first, it seemed benign enough, at least to a kid. He would drive by nearly every day, smiling and waving. I told my mom, who said maybe it was his way home from work. But then, the phone calls began. My dad called me into the living room and sat me down. He asked about the day Dr. Ramsey followed me home, and if I talked to him. He said I wasn't in trouble, but that I needed to tell him the truth. I told him no, and he asked if I was sure, or could I be forgetting something. I told him no again, and he frowned, then asked, then how does he know your name? I didn't know. It turns out, that was not all he knew. He knew my sister's name as well. Pretty soon, neither my sister or I were allowed to answer the phone. He called several times a day. At first, neither of us knew what he was saying. Then, one night, one of my brothers told us that he was telling my parents that he was going to hurt me. And later, my sister. Things got complicated after that. My dad had called the police, but this was way before there were any stalking laws. There was not a lot they could do. They told my parents to call back if he tried anything. My dad then called a friend of his from back in the day, who happened to be a cop. For the next month, my dad's friend escorted me to and from school. Suddenly, life as I knew it came screeching to a halt. I couldn't walk to school alone, I couldn't play outside, and I couldn't even walk to Super America. When access to me was completely denied, things escalated. It was around this time he began threatening my sister as well. Then one afternoon, my sister, two of my brothers, my mom, and I were in the kitchen. One of my brothers saw a glimpse of someone in the garage. They'd seen him too. Dr. Ramsey came bolting out of the garage, my brothers chasing after him. They ran all the way to Cherokee Park, where he lost them in the trees. My parents called the police again, but nothing came of it. The only information they had was a description and a name that was almost certainly fake. A couple weeks later, we woke to find our dog hanging from the side porch. She was a gorgeous saddleback German Shepherd, born the same day I was. We were all devastated. The cops said there was no evidence it was him and ruled it accidental, but none of us believed that. His phone calls became more informative in the meantime. 
He would talk about who was home and who wasn't. If my brother would say my dad was home, he would tell him who was really in the house. He also would talk about the house itself, about the window in the kitchen he could easily open with a knife from the outside even when it's locked, and about the French doors that connected the living room to the side porch and how the lock could be finagled from the outside if you jiggled it just right. That night, my dad put in some carpenter nails at the bottom of the French doors till he can get the new lock ordered. My parents had to go to a company event for my dad's work. My older brothers were at Saints West roller skating rink. My sister was on the phone with her best friend. My little brother was on the floor asleep. I was watching Devo on the midnight special with Wolfman Jack. It was late. Suddenly, the top of the French door swung inward. And in a few milliseconds before the nails in the bottom caused them to snap back, I could see a silhouette. My sister whipped the phone at the television and we ran up the stairs. About halfway up, we realized our little brother was still asleep on the living room floor. As quietly as we could, we slipped back down the stairs to get him. We all went into our bedroom and didn't turn on a light. This way we could see outside. We watched out the window for a while and when we didn't find him, we crept down the hall to our brother's room to look. We looked down and could see someone standing at the back door. He knocked loudly. What do you want? My sister asked out the window. He stepped back and said, is this the Mercy residence? I have a pizza for delivery. Can you come to the door? She scoffed at him, declaring she was not stupid. She could see he didn't have a pizza and she was calling the cops. He left. A short while later, my brothers returned home. We told them what happened and they walked around the yard watching for him. They came back in and things settled down. By now, we'd pretty much given up calling the cops because it never helped. So we just went back in, each of us, carrying a knife from the kitchen just in case. Eventually, one of my brothers went into the kitchen to get a bowl of cereal as a snack. You know that sensation you get when you can just feel someone watching you? Yeah, he had that in spades. He kept looking around the kitchen, through the doorway into the dining room, at the windows. He didn't see anything, but he could feel the eyes on him still. So he went closer to the door to try to see better. The kitchen lights were reflecting on the windows of the door, so he still couldn't see. He stepped closer, then closer again, until he's right up to the door, then cupped his hands on either side of his head so he could see. There on the other side of the window pane was Dr. Ramsey, smiling back at him. He turned to yell for my older brothers, and when he looked back again, he was gone. They went out again to look for him, but didn't see him. The next night we were at the table playing Crazy Eights, and my brother was restless. My sister asked him what was wrong, and he said he always felt like any minute now there would be a boom 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 on the door or window. Almost immediately after he finished his sentence, on the window right behind him, in the chaos the two elders ran out but he was already gone. A couple of weeks later, 
I was at school and we were outside on the playground during recess. I was swinging upside down when I saw that now familiar blue Ford Galaxy cruising by, moving slowly. There he was, smiling and waving. He called my name and I ran to the teacher and told her. The school had been told all about him and she took me inside right away and called my mom. That same day, my mom had gotten a call from the school office asking her to verify that my dad was picking me up as he'd called to say he was on his way. He wasn't. Not long after that, I woke up one night thirsty. I went down to the kitchen for a drink and there, sitting alone in the dark, was my dad. On the table, a gun. I sat with him for some time, watching, before he sent me back to bed. These events and many more took place over a period of around 18 months. Then, as suddenly as it began, it was over. He had vanished from our lives, the phone calls, the drive-by with the creepy waves, everything. For a long time, during and after Dr. Ramsey days, I would have a recurring nightmare in which I would wake up to find him standing over me as I slept. It took a long time before I felt like a kid again. I found out years later that when he was calling, Dr. Ramsey would tell my parents that he was going to rape and kill me, and later my sister, and that there was nothing they could do about it. I don't know what happened to him when he disappeared. I don't know if he was in a car wreck, locked in prison, or in a coma. But sometimes I wonder if the wait ended for my dad when he was sitting in a darkened kitchen one night. I don't know, and I'm not sure if I want to. It was the middle of summer, and my parents had left for the weekend to go to our house in Cape Cod. It's about a two-hour drive away, so it's no big deal for them to leave me alone for a few days. My mom had made some pulled pork and pasta for me to heat up to eat whenever, and I had some money if I wanted to order a pizza. Things were all good. The first night I was alone I stayed up until 3 in the morning playing Xbox, so I woke up really late the next day. I checked my phone when I woke up, and saw it was a little past 1. I had made plans to play some street hockey with my friends at 3, so I threw myself out of bed and stumbled into the shower. I take really long showers, so when my parents are gone I go mental. I was in there for about 45 minutes on my phone, scrolling through Reddit and Twitter and whatnot, when I heard my front door open. The bathroom is directly up the stairs from the back door, and the thing is pretty loud when it opens and closes. I immediately froze, since obviously I was supposed to be alone. I waited for about two minutes ears trained in, trying to hear anything else. Nothing. I figured it was just the wind or maybe my parents were home early, so I turned off the shower, wrapped my towel around myself, and slowly walked down the stairs to check it out. The stairs to the kitchen, where the back door is, are pretty tight and walled in, so I can't see into the kitchen when I walk down. Even though my house is old as shit and each step on the stairs makes a super loud creak, I still took my time and tried to be as quiet as possible. 
I probably took 45 seconds walking down all 12 of the stairs. So when I got to the second to last stair, right before I could see around the corner into the kitchen, I take a little breath to compose myself. In my mind I knew I was being stupid. There obviously wasn't anything in the kitchen. There's no way I wouldn't have heard another noise, and there's no reason for them to still be in the kitchen even if there were burglars or something in the house. After sort of mentally chastising myself for being such a wuss, I sort of chuckled to myself for being so stupid, and just normally walked the last two stairs and turned the corner into my kitchen. Standing about two feet away from me, in the middle of my kitchen, is a man staring straight at me, perfectly still, with a massive smile across his face, just staring at me. The thing I remember most vividly wasn't his face, or his smile, but his arms. They weren't just at his side. He held them in the strangest, most abnormal position I have ever seen. They were where one would normally hold their arms, but he had rotated them to the point where they were almost completely reversed, as well as lifting them up and a little behind himself. I don't know why I remember this so much but it's just the most demonic, abnormal position I've ever seen. Honest to God, I think I almost had a heart attack right there. Looking back, I can realize how fucking creepy this situation was, but in the moment I just took a step towards him and punched him as hard as I could in the jaw, sort of half-slapping and pushing him towards the ground. The second I connected, I beelined up the stairs, dropping my towel in the kitchen with my heart beating out of control. I fucking sprinted into my room and locked the door behind me. I quickly put a chair up against the doorknob like you see in TV. Almost without thinking, I immediately called 911 and, nearly in tears, told the operator what had happened. As I sat on the floor of my room, in practically the fetal position, staring at the door, praying that a cop would be here soon, I noticed that the light coming from the gap between my door had stopped. This fucker was standing outside my door. There are no words to describe the feeling I had. I was paralyzed with fear, watching the shadow across the bottom of the door shift in tiny ways. I stayed balled up, staring at the gap, praying the man would go away for what seemed like an hour. All the while, the 911 operator was asking, Hello? Sir? Sir, are you still there? Hello? I didn't want to make a noise, and even if I wanted to move my arms to bring the phone to my mouth, I don't think I could have. Eventually, the light returned to the gap and I heard the faintest of footsteps, slowly creaking the wooden floorboards as he walked down the hall. It was silent for minutes as I sat there, curled up, unable to even speak. I heard banging on the front door and the sound of two officers entering my house. I finally felt safe, and as I opened the door to the two of them standing there, I almost cried. Nowadays my parents don't even leave me home alone anymore, thank God, and I check every lock on the house before going to bed. I still get nightmares occasionally, and my heart starts racing whenever I see someone standing still, but 
I'm doing alright. Even working with sketch artists in a few lineups, the police never found whoever the fuck was in my house. That sends shivers down my spine every time I look outside, half expecting to see him standing across the street, smiling under a lamppost. I have no idea what he wanted, or who he was.